0: Hello, I'm Howard. Welcome to the 9320 preview and general chat podcast, a Wednesday morning bonus as midweek football that matters returns. I uh, going to talk about some unexpected transfer news, squad depth, but mostly to preview tonight's game. To do so, I'd like to be joined by the man. If you order him on wish, you get Peter Walton. Sorry for <laughs> mentioning that name again. It's Chris. Morning,
1: Chris. Good morning, Howard. You're I think I, I used to laugh to at the Peter sick Walton. Of that joke, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, because and it's it's always coming from you. So that's it.
0: That's it. I'm <laughs> yeah. Retiring it. That was its retirement there and then. Yeah, well, I think, I, I, think hurt, I think
1: I've I think I've earned my stripes enough now to be distinguished from Peter Walton.
0: Yeah, the four stripes, <laughs> Scott Park the yeah. four stripes.
1: So. Oh my giddy aunt! Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so how are you doing anyway?
1: I'm good. Yeah, I had a few days off last week, which was nicely punctuated by one the more enjoyable exciting games at the Etihad on Saturday against Palace um, yeah. there was, was a fantastic atmosphere in that in the ground particularly where we started to pull it back yeah. so yeah it's been it's but work is really busy at the minute there but go. um, yeah going to
0: the Forest match aren't
1: you? I'm going to the Forest match tonight yeah and I'm going to be going to the uh, Dortmund game in a couple of weeks oh, as well nice so yeah the the uh, the schedule has well and truly kicked back in again before we know it
0: is it the first big coat decision tonight then?
1: Do you know what? It's a good point Knox. I went for a run this morning. and It was quite cool. And I'm thinking, oh, so I'll keep checking my uh, <laughs> my, my, my Met app because don't, you don't want to get caught out, do you? Like at half eight, quarter to nine, I think it's a bit chilly here now. So. Yeah, it's 19 yeah.
0: when it kicks off. If we sat there second half, absolutely freezing I
1: know. not You, don't, <laughs> oh my God. The, the, you the, don't
0: need either. These are big decisions, um, people, yeah. Oh, these,
1: the, these first world problems, they're really challenging, aren't they? So...
0: Well, <laughs> this is a podcast of three parts. Uh, preview to finish from us. Uh I spoke to a Nottingham Forest fan as well yesterday about all things Nottingham Forest. Uh, please note Steve from the from his podcast yesterday. Never nuts forest. <laughs> we yeah. don't want death threats, do we? Uh, we don't first like of all that. Yeah, we don't want that. Uh, first of all, uh <laughs> I, I I so wanted to say it when I spoke to Mourinho yesterday. It's just so natural <laughs> to say it. It's hard. It's really hard. Uh, but yeah, first of all, uh, some other stuff about City. Uh, just very briefly. I don't want to drag this out because you know little things that ha- little for me things that happened in the Palace match. But as you on, it seems fair if we just spend a couple of minutes and p- probably sensible, not more. If you could put to bed some of those what some may consider controversial decisions in the City match against Palace the Harland high boot Cancelo being elbowed before the second goal and Edison release of ball can you just give your thoughts on whether all the correct decisions were made in there
1: okay so there's obviously been a lot of fallout particularly around uh, Edison's release of the ball I think what's been really interesting is that most people are citing the law correctly It's, it's it, the, the laws very you can you can access it online Um but what it comes down to is interpretation and this is this and th- this is the kind of bread and butter of any referee any level is how they interpret those laws so um Holland high boot um so i would say that um it wasn't serious foul play and it wasn't a dangerous tackle I was surprised he didn't get a yellow card because you could say it, 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 it is reckless. There was a conversation on the review on the review pod um, on Monday. I think it was. I think Asa was talking about in, in, intent, uh, and the fact is intent does play a big role in this. Harlan couldn't see the player when he was aiming for, for the ball. He, he was he was on his blind side, so therefore you couldn't you couldn't. Uh, Definitively say that Harland was, was endangering his opponent, unlike Sadio Mane on Edison. In, in 2017 where he clearly saw that Edison was going for the ball at the same time took a decision to put his foot that high so that that's why that was a straight red so Harlan's high boot there was no intent there he could have got a yellow but if if we gave out yellow cards or red cards for every high boot it means that overhead kicks would be outlawed because, the, because by definition then an overhead kick is dangerous but it will leave us in the vicinity of another player so Harlan, for me not a red card was lucky not to get a yellow card but there was no intent there so it, Therefore it wasn't Dangerous play Or serious foul play um, I think the Cancello elbow Has been massively Underplayed in the media I think that the, the, the fact is You can shoulder A player to protect The ball But, that, but the Palace player Raised his arm Quite clearly uh, 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 To an unnatural Height um, and and his elbow did strike Concello And he knew where Concello was So I'm very surprised that VAR didn't take a look at that um, uh, And I, I don't think Cancello was as hurt He was making out He is a bit of a diver Concello When it comes to that He's a bit histrionic But I think the, the Palace player was a little bit lucky And I think the assistant should have been a little bit more mindful of that really um, Edison released the ball So If I think I think that this has been well well documented. If I'm nervous now because I was like really put down. I (laughs) I was like a stern headmaster with a sudden.
0: Lloyd, it's if like, uh, if um could be, could be very foolish now, feel
1: very foolish. Well, no. Okay. So so obviously the the, the law is, is is that it 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 is it, it, it you can penalise if a player if opposition player prevents a goalkeeper from releasing the ball from either either his hands or or kicking the ball as well, um, and it is actually a cautionable offence as well because it's it's delaying the 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 the, the restart of play. Um, what it comes down to is whether or not the referee. And the assistant interpreted that the ball had been fully released for Madison's hand. Uh, and I can see why the referee chose to penalise the Palace player, because it was so close, it's actually easier to give the benefit of the doubt to the to the goalkeeper who has possession of the ball. However, the, the Palace player should have been cautioned, really. It should have been a bit, bit Been a yellow card. I think. I think video evidence makes it almost impossible to um, to be able to identify whether the ball was released. But in that sense, it's close enough that you give the benefit of the doubt to the goalkeeper. Um, But Edison needs to be careful because even if. Yeah, it, it, even if the Palace player was one foot further away, he still is in close enough proximity to prevent that to prevent that ball from going towards its 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 uh, its target. So Edison just needs to be a little bit sharp with that. But I would say, if I if I was a referee, I'd have given I'd have, give, have penalised the Palace player um, yeah. uh, for for preventing uh, for delaying the, the restart of play by um, closing down the 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 goalkeeper. So I think all in all. Um, I think most of the correct decisions were made, with only the Cancela one being a little bit uh, dubious, and I, th- I think it was slightly overlooked.
0: And yeah, the irony that City, the ones perceived,
1: have been lucky in that game. So yeah, yeah, there
0: you go. Nothing changes. Let's never talk about it again. But
1: I think it's um, I think I think it's really valuable that, that people on Twitter and listeners are looking at the laws, identifying the laws. But it's really important that people like, people can really determine when a law is binary and then a law is subject to interpretation. And that really highlights how difficult it can be for a referee, uh, particularly if their interpretation is not, is not a popular one with the particular fan base uh, of that team. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, um, some
0: surprising transfer news that hasn't happened yet, but looks like it is very plausible. Well, after a player called Manuela Kanji, seems Mm. that he would prefer to go to City and City are signing for around 17 million euros Uh, did this news come as a surprise to you when it broke yesterday
1: yeah it came as a surprise as a surprise on many different levels I mean obviously because it's we don't tend really now to do late purchases we tend to have it wrapped up quite early on also transfer
0: deadline days I do I do and the thing is the airport
1: yeah, we used to think we're really exciting, but now yeah. if 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 they announced a late signing, I'd be really worried. To yeah. thinking about okay, why is this taking so long? Does this player actually want to come here? Um, he's I think he's twenty seven, so that's that's relatively old for the kind of players we usually purchase. Um, and also, I I didn't think we were looking for a centre back. Um, having done a little bit of reading about him, he seems like a I'd say a safe choice, and he seems like a pretty intelligent choice. The what it does suggest to me is is whether obviously you can never how many players do you need to have an insurance against an injury crisis? So up until a certain period of last season, we had four fully fit centre halves, and then suddenly we had two, and then suddenly we had one, and and with with Fernandinho f- uh, filling in so you can never have you know you can never have enough players because you're always subject to a crisis if in, particularly towards the end of the season particularly when muscular injuries start to occur due to fatigue so it may be city are just playing safe and and they're they're not stockpiling but but they're really that they're they're kind of really boosting the the stores really what it might also suggest is whether or not we're going to see three at the back on yeah. A On much more regular basis because that for me was the key distinction the key turning point for the game against Palace is after that first goal back we switched to effectively it was a back three with Foden occasionally dropping in to, to play left wing back um, but largely it was a back three and that massively impacted on the width that we had in the midfield and also the fact that when we could accommodate two strikers so that might also be one of the reasons um why they're bringing him in. Um but it's not it's not a marquee name. Um but it it, it, it may just be doesn't need to be does it? So. Doesn't need to be no. It may just be city being pragmatic. Um, and 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 thinking, let, let's 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 just play it safe here. Um, and if this guy's available and he wants to come and he's got Champions League experience and he's got Bundesliga experience at the highest level, let's just bring him in. So and for the price, it feels like a bit of a no brainer as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one to work out the squad. Yeah, it's all about potential playing time really when you sign someone. One to marquee signings have actually been more worrying for me. Than Mm. this signing. Does that make Mm. any sense? As a centre back, because you'd think, well, there's no point in that. You've got got to, if you're signing someone, a senior international, we're going to expect some game time. But this field, it's not exciting. But then, as I said, it doesn't have to be exciting. I wasn't expecting any signings anyway. I was fairly happy, pretty damn happy uh, with the squad. If it stays as it is at the end of Thursday. So, Sometimes the club can't win in a way because we're saying the squad's too thin and yet someone comes in and we're not going to make a £60 million central defensive signing. Now, obviously, we wanted a big-name left-back signing originally. I don't think there's little doubt about that. And we've got a more potential type player in Gomez, which is fine as well. But you wonder, with a couple of injuries, yeah, if, let's say, Cancelo has to switch to right-back, should Walker pick up an injury, then this makes more sense, perhaps, because he can probably Mm. deputise at right-back. He is right-footed, after all. Mm. I think I'm not... I try to be positive about all signings, so it sounds like I'm just trying to find positives. But as you say, ultimately how much it costs is irrelevant because if he's going to play in the team what ultimately is important is is he good enough because the more the bigger downside is not the money the bigger downside is if he plays badly he could cost points or you know we could lose vital games he seems to fit the profile for a late signing and for making that squad you know just boosting what is a very thin squad in the season where you cannot above all other seasons you can't get by with a small squad so mm-hmm. even though I didn't see it coming, and even though I wasn't at, on you know, Twitter calling for a signing like this, it does kind of make sense to me. I think. Because I think there was just no place for a big defensive signing now.
1: No, no. If you made a huge market defensive signing, what what message is that sending out to our? You know, to to at least three of the four current centre backs. So you know, what message does that say to Diaz and Stones and to Laporte and to a lesser extent, okay There's also in the in, in this in this summer transfer window, there has been some signings of players who, I'm I'm sure, they must be really aware of what their position will be in the squad and that they're not going to be. The first choice But they will be there to, As part of rotation They'll be there As part of You know Creating a depth To the squad And that for me Extends You know Obviously to Gomez But also To Phillips To some extent And also to some extent To Alvarez as well Is that Is is you know I don't know Whether Phillips Key objective This season Is to try to usurp Rodri If it is It's going to be Really challenging for him Unless Rodri gets a bad injury And the same for Alvarez as well I, You know I Alvarez, I think, will see game time, but 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 he must be aware that Haaland, if we play one striker in a front three, Haaland is the first choice. So I wonder if if part of a Akanji coming is the fact that he knows that he's not always going to get a first place berth, that he's going to be part of of a rotation. And he's happy with that because of the experience that he can have working under Guardiola, the resources at at, at his fingertips at, at the Etihad campus, and also just playing for a team that, that have much more potential for winning domestic leagues and progressing further in the Champions League. So it was, yeah, it, it was a surprise, but also, I think it can only boost what we already have. And I don't see it particularly causing any ripples in the dressing room. There's, 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 there seems to be a very consistent harmony there. And the club worked very hard to main that, maintain that harmony amongst that squad. So, and hopefully he can come in and just add to that dynamic. And, um, uh, yeah. And, 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 and I do, I still think that Laporte might, might kind of, Try and engineer a move next season, so so it, it, they may be thinking longer term as well. But it doesn't surprise it, it surprised me a little bit, but it doesn't worry me. Um, and, and as I say, I hope it's just City being pragmatic to just have that insurance policy in case we do have problems in, in defence.
0: Everyone, of course, on Twitter has been watching him religiously, and knows how experts and how good he is. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but reportedly, he's been he's. Yeah. I think he's got over 40 caps for Switzerland and been good for them. It's hard to say both injury profile and the way Dortmund play. It's hard to say how good he'll be defensively because... The Dortmund side's just quite unique in how they push the players. The injury records that all the players pick up. Mm. The, he had a huge cruciate one about six years ago. You take that out, which that's a big, big thing to take out. a Big caveat. Uh, I don't think his injury records that bad. Uh, and ultimately, yeah, working under Pep, he's quick, he's intelligent, aerially he seems a bit weak perhaps, but in a squad, uh, yeah, uh, should should be fine. Should be fine. What about the injury record of our existing players? Do you think that was relevant at all? Ake seems to be back in training, Laporte. Mm. Well, his knee surgery was in May now, and of course, once he's kind of just generally fit and the same, I think Pep said last week, end of September, beginning of October. Well, there's an international break at the end of September, then it's the Derby, 2nd of October. but then you still got to give him a few weeks, have you not? Because he could pick up separate muscle injuries. Mm. You yeah, know, you can't, mm. he's going to be very gently reintroduced into the side. That's for sure. Uh, I the case I mentioned, some possible meniscus damage is possible as well. Uh, but mm. let yeah, you're talking six weeks, aren't you? From him, if all goes well, from yeah. him being in a start or for him coming on as a sub, even in a match. So Ake, of course, has had his injury problems as has Stones. Does it be? Becomes more sensible signing with that in mind
1: I think so and, and I also think I think Laporte probably aggravated his injury more by playing the last couple of games of the season. You can see he was really kind of on his last legs with that, uh, but he, he you know he took up that responsibility. it's also i think it's I think it's harder for a center back to get back into a team unless they are an absolute first choice. From the beginning, like like company used to be, you know, company would have kind of chronic bout of injuries. But as soon as he was fit, he would come straight back into the team. That doesn't necessarily apply with our centre backs, apart from say Diaz, really. Um, but yeah, it 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 does feel like it, it feels like it's timing, really. That that suddenly, um, like a week and a half after the Newcastle game, we were suddenly down to two centre backs, and that can happen overnight. Uh, And we, and we've, we saw that happen at the end of of last season as well. So, so that will obviously plug that up a little bit. Just about him, obviously, I, I, I I don't know much about him. I've seen, I've seen him play a couple of times for Dortmund. The key, I think the the other key attribute that seems to be coming across is whilst he prefers much kind of shorter passing, so he's more of a water carrier passer, he is quite comfortable with both feet, uh, which obviously is a, um prerequisite for any center back um uh that comes to cities they have to be comfortable with the ball at their feet um so yeah i i, I it feels like it feels like a, a smart signing and if I, if anything i'm quite glad i'm quite pleased that it's sort of under the radar a little bit um be, because obviously we are the net spend kings this season and we don't want to uh, have anything <laughs> to, uh, to 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 affect that status really
0: exactly yeah, and he's yeah. great at maths
1: as well. I'm not sure that's... Uh, yeah, correct. I heard that as well, which I thought was a peculiar... Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was in Athletic, is not it? Sam Lee said he, he can calculate, you know, this number. It's like, okay, great. If that's his party trip, but how does it help him when he's on the pitch? Don't know.
0: Scanning the pitch,
1: maybe. He maybe. things in numbers. Who knows? It may be that Harlan's not the only robot machine that's out there. He may be one as well. Exactly. So, the, the Cyborgs, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess the final aspect of this is the squad did feel thin, but I was a bit head-scratching about well, if you were to boost a squad, where would you do it? This probably wasn't where most people thought we would bolster the squad. Did you feel the same yeah. Did you feel there was another area of the pitch that if we brought someone in, that's where we should have got someone in? Or was this just opportunistic? Because of course he's got <laughs> one year left of his contract and he's refused to sign anyone one with Dortmund, so he was leaving, basically, and City have got a good deal. But yeah, with that in mind, is it an opp- just like you take the opportunity when it arrives, or did you think City would have been better looking elsewhere in the squad if they were going to bring an extra player?
1: I City don't tend to be opportunistic in the transfer dealings mm. anymore. They used to be, but not anymore. It's, it's much more premeditated and carefully planned and considered. Um, it might be that he was on their watch list for some time and then they were alerted to the fact he didn't intend renewing. It might be also that Gomez whilst a good purchase is, is a kind of, you know, he's not going to be a regular. And so, and he might only be called upon it's like in certain periods, at certain matches, or if we've got a crisis, I think, hopefully Akanji can is versatile and he can he could also play left back as well or he could play right back as well maybe um but it that does then tend it gets me to think that i'm I'm more tended towards the idea that they may want to deploy a back three on more occasions than we've than we used to um so yeah it maybe if it is opportunistic it it doesn't seem frivolous and it doesn't it doesn't seem impulsive as you, as you said he fits the profile and i'm I'm pretty sure that they they will have they will have done their homework on him in advance like maybe six or twelve months ago when he was already on the radar possibly I'd be very surprised if they've just grabbed him because he's available without doing any sort of background checks about his character his family life how well he can adjust those those kind of things. Um, and also I think he speaks several languages and he, he has yeah. a reasonable grasp of English as well so that will help him acclimatise quite quickly oh, well, yeah. but yeah it, the only surprising thing is, it, is that it's right it's right at the end of the transfer window and we'd not heard anything about him before that point point. and that tends not to be the case anymore with City we tend to know who they're going in for Often a couple of months, sometimes six months before we actually get that player. So it does feel like a bit of anomaly there, but I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a, a, an indication there's a problem. It's just a case of he's available now. Let's get him, and we've just got an insurance policy. Should we have a long, f- kind of fatiguing season with our defenders? Hmm.
0: Can I just bring before we uh, end part one and then look forward? Can I just bring one question that wasn't on the agenda on you? Yeah last night I deleted a tweet I put out because so I felt guilty. <laughs> it said uh, he's 8th in the league, he's 8th in the league about Raheem Sterling. Partly because it probably bite me in the arse and we'll lose it home to Forest or something. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and, uh, if, you, if you ever talk about where another team is in the league, you know it'll come back to bite you in the arse. But I felt a bit guilty for having a go at him in any way. And then I thought... And I just wanted to go to bed without having to deal with tweets, basically. Uh, But then I started thinking about it a bit. I was like, bottom line is, I don't want him to do well. I I just, I should make it clear, I absolutely loved Raheem Sterling and stuck up for him, you know, consistently during his time at City. Really didn't want him to go. But now he has gone and he's playing for Chelsea. The wishing him well thing, I was just like, no, actually, I want him to fail, I don't mean miserably and have a miserable life, I just don't want Chelsea to do well Uh, and I have a bit of that contradiction with Jesus and Zinchenko because I don't really want Arsenal to be at the top of the game either so you have that contradiction but more than that taking the teams out of it, I have no real wish now that Raheem Sterling is gone for him to do well in his career is that harsh of me, do you still support him and want the
1: best for him? It's a tough I think we have to yeah. distinguish between our antipathy towards other teams, with Chelsea, who I have a very strong dislike of. Um, less so personal. Uh, uh, I think that's largely because they've been much of a threat recently. But I didn't, So I didn't actually hear the interview that Sterling did when he talked about his, how. Um, dissatisfied he was towards the latter part of of the the city. And I, and and I, I chose not to because I heard, I heard a response. I I saw other people's response on Twitter and I actually didn't want to be agitated by it really. Mm -hmm. I said from the, I said when he left on one of the pods that it was always a business-like relationship with Sterling. He came to us, not because he loves City. It's because he saw City as a much better prospect of getting titles Mm -hmm. and of domestic uh, medals. Yeah. And it's fine um, if he
0: wants to leave. Yeah, if players yeah. are allowed to make these decisions and
1: yeah. get it. Yeah. 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 So so I don't wish him ill at all. I'm quite pleased to see Gabby doing well because I always felt a little bit sorry for him. And I hope it's in because he clearly don't want to leave. Um I might not be saying that if Arsenal are six points clear of us come January. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think I don't know, in those situations, I just tend to say nothing because it, it it's it, it you know it, it, it's I don't think sterling will particularly have I, I, I don't think he, he'll particularly be loved necessarily at Chelsea um City's affection for him grew and grew it started because of our because of our kind of the way we're laughing at Liverpool and their and their, their you know their um, sort of uh, very demonstrative response to him leaving and how outraged they were by it um, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't wish him him ill. I, I wish no, Chelsea ill. Yeah. So, so, so in those situations, it's probably best not to say anything. Yeah, at all. Yeah. You
0: just, know. If City do well, it doesn't matter. But I yeah, think it's a little exactly. bitterness in me that he comes to regret it or something. But deep, that's only because he was on the screen and I was watching the match. It's not as if I'm really giving it that much thought. It's just of the <laughs> moment, basically. Uh, if, I just feel that if he was banging them in and Chelsea were winning it, yeah, I just feel a bit. I don't know, a regret that he wasn't doing it for City. So it makes it easier that he's left if he fails at Chelsea. Maybe that's the mindset of a football fan sometimes.
1: And I guess, I guess the thing is, is the way the way to look at it is: let's not be like Liverpool fans mm.
0: who it's could not, who agent, could not just like you know, I, he's gone, it's over. I don't wish
1: anything in a way, yeah, so. But would you say he's chosen a better pathway for him as a professional at this point now? Because he wasn't getting the first team action that he needed at City. He's of an age where he's reaching his prime. He needs to be playing regular football. He wants wants to be one of the key players for England. So on an objective level... In the same way, you could say that he chose a better pathway for himself when he left Liverpool to join City. Has he now chosen a better pathway for him? Not for sustained success, because I think he'll get that he could get that at City, and a better right. experience because there's much more stability at City. But for him individually, is it fair to say he's probably chosen a better pathway than he was currently on?
0: Who knows? We just don't know this far. That's what. That's what. Pain, me, it's like it was a strange move in that respect, in that everything that's happened to that club, and it's still happening. Right now, yes, because he's one of the first starters for the team. Exactly, so, he'll
1: start He'll start every game, once not yeah. he? Yeah, but Pretty I mean,
0: Aubameyang could be coming in, and who knows?
1: Jesus, why away. would they? Why would they bring Bamiang in?
0: Well, and um, he's sh- got to play sh- some games, so, yes. Oh my God. Well, that, that's the eternal question, If, let's just say if City do go on and win the league, and Chelsea are this like all over the place, but get top four. He plays all the time. Is playing all the time in a less successful club the right path for him? Well, that's only that's he'll so, he'll,
1: can he'll yeah he'll soon find out yeah what that is. But but Chelsea are so scattergun at the minute. They are mm. they are their transfer policy is insane. And, and, that, and yeah
0: yeah and that's why I found it a bit strange the move that it was a club that felt in limbo when he went there uh, so anyway yeah I, uh, it's just the, the mindset you just want everyone else to lose and City to be brilliant and everyone that leaves City you don't want any regrets you just want that <sighs> you just want to reinforce the view that City made the right decision sometimes but it's fine if players leave and do well it's just we're not used to it in a way we ten, so so few players have left in the mid-twenties or that Yeah first team players so I guess it's like a new mind- psyche that you have to new mindset you have to deal with seeing these players play mm. for top teams in England as well yeah of course if they'd gone abroad it would have been easier so yeah just for i ask anyway so yeah but but I'll also try not, I'll try not to mention Chelsea's right in his league position again on Twitter so
1: but also if we draw a comparison it's not like seeing Sergio or David Silva yeah. or company put a Chelsea shirt on it just isn't <laughs> Well you no. Know. Yeah. 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 So, so, I feel so like, own, in, this, yeah, in the same way that carpenters measure twice, cut once, I would say think twice and tweet once, and then, <laughs> yeah. then you won't need to delete it. So.
0: <laughs> anyway, time to look forward, not backwards. That's the yeah. end of part one. Uh, yesterday, I spoke to Nottingham Forest fan Greg about his club, about promotion of all things uh, City Ground, and of course, the match on Wednesday evening. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm speaking to Greg, a uh, Nottingham Forest fan. Uh, Greg, how are you doing? I'm good, yeah, very well, really. Uh, ex-
2: excited to come and visit in a, in a day or so.
0: Yeah, I almost got off to the worst pop- possible start by saying not's Forest then and being yep. very lazy. So. <laughs> We'd have been scrapping the whole, yeah, yeah, recording and starting from scratch, or not I at all. So. For, I'm forgiving Prem fans because they are so, not used to having us back, are they? To, uh, <laughs> yeah, they get they get a one-season grace on it. I think it's just yeah. Well, no, it's just laziness on my part. What's the, <laughs> what's the quickest way I can say a team name? So uh, yeah, uh, I thought a good place to start is just. Looking at the start to the season, uh, you're back in the Premier League and we'll come, I want to go back in time in a bit and, you know, look at last season. But at the moment, four points from four games. Have you felt pretty positive and left you optimistic about what lies ahead this season? The points are great,
2: but I'm more optimistic, optimistic about the performances, if I'm honest. I mean, I know we didn't get the result against Spurs, but the performance mm. just gave us so much heart and so much belief that, yeah. I, I couldn't be happier really we've we've got a win at home and we've got a point on the road already so it shows we can compete and we can mix it so yeah happy
0: so whilst the, I, I did get to see the, the Spurs game but heard positive stuff have the game been competitive for you in every game they played so far
2: I think the only one really was the first game Newcastle away it was mm. a real baptism of fire and you really noticed how quick I thought how quick the Prem teams were and you know, I just thought we, we were lacking a tad, but it it soon turned it around. Steve Cooper doesn't miss often and uh, he saw what was um what was needed
0: and he sorted it. Yeah. And of course it's twenty three years since you've been in the Premier League. Uh went through the playoffs just the, the most stressful route possible. <laughs> how did it feel when you knew you were back in the Premier League for the first time in over two decades?
2: We've, uh, I mean, we're a club with long, long lost history and all my life following Forrest, you've heard about it. We've never had the famous day and that, for me, felt like my European Cup win. It was just the best day ever. Incredible feeling. You know, so much... There was so much belief that we were going to do it anyway, which Steve Cooper's done to this team, that it was just an incredible,
0: incredible feeling and one I'll never forget. Yeah, it's... I so say it is stressful doing it that way but in a way it gives you more emotions than if you just come up automatically in a way. We uh, I think it was like the 78th minute or
2: something when uh, they had a VAR penalty claim I think oh God, yeah. Um, when it when it wasn't given I just my emotions I couldn't stop it was ridiculous I've never been through that before it was absolutely horrific. But, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, you like you say the teams that have won via the playoffs, they they say, and I believe it now. You'd never want to do it any other way. Well, yeah, but
0: only only a certain number of times because uh, oh, I think yeah. the, the health of your heart is more important. To be honest, than <laughs> oh. <laughs> the feeling at the full time whistle. Yeah, hopefully we're here to stay, so we won't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Go through it again. Well, a big reason that you you may stay in the Premier League is Steve Cooper. Of course, that we did the pre, we've done quite a few preview pods before the season, and I said the big turnover of players, and we'll come to that in a bit. May could go either way; it could be a good thing or a bad thing. But I felt that of the promoted clubs, uh, Forrest had a great chance because of their manager. I was a bit surprised when I looked up his managerial career. Managerial career. It's a lot shorter than I thought, because... Yeah. I've been quite impressed with him for quite a while. So obviously England youth, I think, and only Swansea before then. So that must probably mostly Swansea where he came onto my radar. And last season, of course, you uh, must be absolutely over the moon with the job he's done. What what difference has he made to this team that's got you into the Premier League in, in the first place?
2: He got them believing straight away, and he got the fans believing straight away. We had a couple of good results straight off back in September. And the way he spoke, it was clear that he believed and nobody else did that we could go for it that that season still. I mean, we'd lost, we'd got one point off the first seven games. It was just nobody, everybody was like, God, I hope he keeps us up, like, and then builds. But he knew straight away what he could do and what we could do. And he's just such a the the way the players speak about him, you know, Joe Worrell says about how he messages them at home, just checking in if they're okay. And I think honestly, that's the reason we've got players like um, Morgan Gibbs-White come through because he's had them in the England and the 17s and those players really liked him. And I do think it's a massive factor in some of the
0: signings we've made. There was a, Do you remember a point last season where you thought, you know what, we might at least get into the playoffs here and uh it Things might turn around. Yeah.
2: It didn't take long. Like I say, it was a couple of games and I thought, you know, it's not that, <laughs> we were something like 10 points off the playoffs. I thought, there's a long season. If they are
0: but, long, aren't they? Yeah, oh, you your God, chance, It gives you a chance, to. Well, you're
2: playing twice a week and yeah. I remember thinking, we've won so many games. We've won, so, I can't remember, like eight on the bounce or something and we still weren't in the playoffs. I thought, when are we eventually going to get there? And I think it was Christmas time and then, once we were in there, we were all so confident that we we weren't dropping out of them. It was a it was a surreal feeling because we're not used to that, that
0: kind of confidence, the players and the fans, really. Yeah. Now, coming to the summer, huge activity in the transfer market. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, before this, let's yeah before we get to how they've, they've done. How did you feel with this huge turnover? Because uh, obviously it's risky, Fulham have done it badly in the past, but it's risky yeah. in that obviously you've got to integrate players. So you've got to do it quickly as well because you don't get the 46 games to you know yeah. uh, work your way into a season in the Premier League. Did you feel it was the right policy for uh, Nottingham Forest to be competitive in the Premier League or did you feel it's a bit harsh on the players that got you there in the first place?
2: Well, we had to do it with like the players that got us there in the first place. Five of them were loanies that yep. we knew we weren't getting back. The, the only one we really had hoped to get back was uh, Jimmy Garner from Man U, but you know, that never happened. So we knew we had to replace those five. There was three players out of contract. So straight away we're eight down. Uh, so we, we were talking and we were saying we're going to have to make 10 signings here. 18 might. <laughs> 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 but, but I don't think many of us thought eighteen and I think we will hit twenty. But it's make they seem to be working, they seem to be gelling, and there seems to be that same good feel that we had last year. And you know, we the back three are still the back three that started last year and yeah. every other position we've we've improved on
0: significantly. And does Cooper have a big input into these signings? So it's He well, does
2: he yeah. certainly does some of them. I mean I'm not so sure about some. Some were a bit left field and, but your Morgan Gibbs White, your Nico Williams, you know, these are players that Cooper wanted. Cooper spoke about for so long and, y- y- you know, especially the Morgan Gibbs White one, it was so clear that was his signing of the summer. That's the guy he wanted. And for the owner to make sure we got him. I, I mean, the money was for, for Forrest not being used to it is astronomical, but to get these players for him and for our manager, it does give me confidence that they're going to give him time. And, you know, if we if we don't start that well, that he is going to be given a bit because we don't usually at Forest, we usually sack them straight away. And, you know,
0: Cooper deserves a lot more than, than previous guys. Hmm. So do you have, I know it's going to be silly, I guess the answer to this is pretty easy, staying up. Do you have aspirations for this season when you come into it? Is it basically stay up the first season, get a foothold for the future. It, I'd be lying if I
2: didn't say, you know what, between between staying up and then nine, ten points further on, you're you top half of the league. It's amazing how bunched up the Premier League is looking back on previous seasons. Mm. So I think with these extra signings, the owner isn't asking for us to stay up. The owner's making sure that we stay up and some. And, you know, I do feel like we had to do it because we probably were the weakest squad that that went up at Bournemouth and Fulham. But now I look at our team and I think we—I sh- mean, we play uh, Bournemouth on Saturday, and I think that is a game that we we have to win and we should win. So I do feel like he's he's put his money more than where his mouth is, and he's saying no, staying
0: up isn't good enough, and I, I like that, and we're not used to it. Mm. Depends if they've got a new manager, I guess. By uh, the oh, weekend, yeah. so new know. manager bounce. Big Sam might be in there uh, working work his magic. So.
2: I think Sean die should be perfect. Yeah. But anyway,
0: <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, I just see pictures, I always see photos of him at music gigs at the moment. So he, seems yeah. to be he lives a, in a good
2: he lives in Nottingham, so he's always out and about in in the pubs and uh, Rock City. So yeah, yeah he's a good player. I like him.
0: Uh, the acquisitions, all those eighteen, soon to hit twenty. Are the ones that. Which one's excited the, the most? Uh, for me, personally, I thought getting Henderson as a keeper was yeah. super smart because oh. I'm not even sure he should have been number two at United <laughs> because he did Day's recent problems. Yeah, he, he started had, really well, hasn't he? He has there? been, yeah. yeah. He's
2: been the best player. Like, the best. He has kept us in games. The amount of shots he's had against him, which does worry you slightly that they're yeah. getting that many shots. But his saves he makes and how... How well he's playing. That penalty save against Kane. I couldn't believe it. Even I thought, well, you don't save a Kane penalty. And yeah, just delighted with him. The first one that really made me think, God, what are we doing? Like when Jesse Lingard signed, when we beat West Ham to get him and a last minute Everton uh, approach, I thought, wow, like what are we not seeing here to get a player of that caliber for Forest is just unheard of. So Lingard was really the one that made me take note. And it's just continued. We've got the, um, we don't need a left back. For- Forrest infamously always need a left back. We're always yes, short at that. So position. do we. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Well, we've got three now. And It's like we've just signed this Brazilian.
0: He's
2: uh, uh, got 15
0: caps. It's yeah, like, City, loads of City fans wanted him over the summer. Lodi, uh, is it? Is it a dumb yeah, deal? That's
2: yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, we've got him. He's signed, uh, we've got him a year. A year loan and then uh, buy out a clause to thirty million. Obviously, that's if we stay up. I imagine, but yeah, it's just every day it's a it's a joy
0: to wake up and have a look at the the Forest timeline at the minute. Mm. Uh, does it feel then like a well rounded squad now? Are there areas you say there might be more signings if, if you pretty much got? depth in a lot of yeah, positions. We we've got depth which we've
2: never had before. You you look at like the, the squad depth in every position we now have cover. And um I do feel like we'll still make a couple. I feel like something will come up on transfer, deadline day an opportunity and opportunity and we'll go for it. And um yeah, it's just nice. <laughs> it's so, I mean you you still remember what it was like. You were in the Blooming Championship and those miserable years and you think you're just never ever gonna get out of it. And it's not until you get promoted you think like wow I can't believe I spent twenty three years missing this so uh, just <laughs> a, just appreciating every day of it at the minute
0: yeah so to be honest City didn't really have that long long stay in the Championship though I well, yeah. hurtling their way up were hurtling their way down yeah. <laughs> just yeah. passing through one way or the other basically for many times. but yeah. Yeah, I love that oh, yeah, I love the Championship but of course yeah you want you aspire to to play yeah. the biggest and best don't you. Uh, mm. uh, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of time for the Championship. It just seemed more fun than sometimes. There's a lack of fun in football at the moment, but after 23 years, obviously, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, the City matchdown on Wednesday night, <laughs> how do you see it panning out? How does First of all, how does Cooper tend to set up formation-wise? Do you, the first thing we always think of as City fans, you know, if a promoted side comes, or it, it worked a lot in the past, will you have a deep block with you be defences? Or is Cooper just... A manager who likes his team to play. When you sent me the uh, the brief questions and you
2: put, "How can Forest hurt City?" I thought, "Oh my God, what a question!" <laughs> like, well, we've gone the, two goals uh, down four times in the well, last six yeah. matches now. I, so I was really, uh, I thought, if you lose to Palace, you're going to be so angry and violent. <laughs> I thought, please pull it back. Um, how Cooper's a clever manager, and yeah. he, he seems to have set up. Three, three central defenders, two quick wing backs. Um, and we haven't really changed it, if I'm honest, this season. Oh, man, away. It's been pretty similar. So <laughs> if we can ever get to you, it's going to be on the break. You, we had a lot of the ball against Spurs, which I was really surprised about. And it worked, but I think even we know against City at the S. that's not going to happen. So. If we can get you, it'll be a quick counter attack yeah. and, and a break. I said, I mean, it, what a
0: question. <laughs> <laughs> against your team. Well, as I say, four times now, yeah. <laughs> and counter attacking is his City's Achilles heel, I would say. Do you have a lot of pace on the counter? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, we've that's got, not the answer I wanted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nico, Morgan gives why, you know, Johnson up front is fantastic. He's quite small and nimble. So we have, and we've clearly bought a squad to, to, to develop that and to go when we can. Um, and then we've got players to bring on if we need to kind of protect something or so. It, it, yeah, it's nice, but we are quick on the counter.
0: Yes, yeah. ultimately, yeah. You know, to, to stay up, do you th- obviously, how important will the home form be for you? It must be an amazing atmosphere as it, well for your first game. Yeah, it is, it is. And I
2: know we've got to appreciate this because if we do stay in the Premier League, it's not going to be like this every game, but every game feels like at the minute we've had that big cup draw and it's that massive FA Cup feeling against the big guns coming to town and it's just... It's brilliant. We had it with West Ham and they didn't really turn up and it was surprising and great to get that win. And then even at Spurs, we're 1-0 down at half-time. I don't think I've ever been proud of clapping them off the pitch because they were just playing so well and the crowd were right behind them and and they will be. So that has to, the the home form has to happen because, you know, going City and stuff and having to get results isn't going to be the way we stay up, is it? Yeah.
0: Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I just... Well, I wonder with two games a week as well, how many changes? You know, we don't actually have a big squad, so I don't know. Yeah, I would not be. You know, Erling Haaland would have to be yeah. rested. He have to be rested at some point. So oh, I wouldn't on, say right. it's an absolute hundred percent given that he starts the game, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I just so three at the back. You say the wing backs get high. Do they? I'm sitting yeah. again. You know, when they have struggled in the past, three at the back can be again a problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, how high is basically a lot of your danger come from the wing bats getting high and getting crosses into the boxes, or are you is it yeah. quite varied in how you create chances?
2: No, no, I'd say that's exactly it at the minute, we, especially with Nico because he has got such a good cross. Hmm. Um, but we're not getting the shots on goal, that's one thing that has been noticeable. Uh, even Spurs, I think we had like 17, 18 shots or something, but I don't think I think one might have been on target. so that's something that they'll be working on and they, they'll have to improve. So, but it, like I say, it has been nice where you do notice things and it seems for the next game, it's already changed. It's already been addressed. So, uh, it'll be nice to see a few
0: shots on target on Wednesday. Is it's Cooper very good at, uh, you know, tactical tweaks within matches as well? Yeah. I imagine yeah. that is something he's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just he's very astute at dealing in match with, you know, the situation as well. Yeah, he's
2: just... I mean, my biggest worry with Cooper is not him getting sacked, but him getting poached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he would, but he still hasn't signed his contract. You know, there's been a contract on the table for for pretty much all summer, as far as I'm aware, and it hasn't been signed yet. So that's, that's my, my biggest worry with the whole squad at the minute is get
0: Cooper and get him signed up again welcome to our world yes <laughs> the manager's got a, <laughs> a contract on the table that he's not signing either so how long has he got left on his contract Uh I think it's this year actually right. I think this is the last year and um, has he spoken about why he's not signed up he yeah just,
2: he's just said he, he's not concerned about it. there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's just kind. Of, he basically tried to imply he's not had a chance yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so busy. I've not got to sign that approved contract. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Now, I'm, I'm. sorry that I need to ask this question, but the it's a uh, topic that's warming. There is going to be inflatable European cups in that away end, isn't there on Wednesday night? <laughs> No, you'll hear the, you hear the odd song
2: that we all <laughs> sing. I'm certain of it. Uh, it's usually louder at places like yours because we like to, you know, we, it's something that we should be proud of still, but we like to yeah. remind everyone and
0: chuck it down the throats a bit. <laughs> well, we get it quite a lot. So quite a few teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guarantee I will be able to count at least 30 of them. So. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah really be- before we wrap up where do you where do you uh, stand on showboating by opposition players then
2: <laughs> I'll, uh, I I will would expect a real tough odd tackle if that happens again and what I loved I absolutely loved the fact that Johnson did it but right behind him Nico was ready to do it as well so uh, <laughs> especially at our ground as well the disrespect is just no, you're not doing that.
0: Ricardo loves it though, doesn't he? Did he get, I see we got booked for that, for the, the, the meaty uh, tackle. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But, uh, <laughs> should have gone in a bit harder actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, he's, uh, I, yeah. And Rick just lives. They either if there's players like that, and they? they just live to wind up. Uh yeah. it's, it's been winded up deep by her man on social media, I think. But yeah, yeah. If they play for you, <laughs> you let it go. You hate them if they play for someone yeah. else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It it's, was just our ground as well. For, you know, if yeah, they do it at theirs I wouldn't have been so bothered, but yeah. yeah, not good. And I'm glad Cooper came out and spoke about it as well.
0: Yeah. Right. We always finish uh, with a score prediction. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how, do you think, how do you think it will pan out? And yeah, what's just the final score?
2: I, uh, last year I was so positive all, all the way throughout and I ended up being right. I said we'd get promoted going fourth. So I feel like I'm on a uh, good run. But can you believe me if I say that I'd... If we got a draw at your place, a one all, it'd be a result of the season for me. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to say it. Do I believe it? A, a little bit, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, one all draw, that'd be incredible.
0: Yeah, we've, we've started doing these opposition fans this season. I don't think anyone's predicted their team to lose which is fair enough. You never want to, do you? I mean, no. I wouldn't, whatever the state of my team. I'd probably go on saying a draw, yeah. Uh, yeah. And ju- yeah, just fine. You say you've got Forrest, uh you've got Leeds away, uh, mm. Fulham at home, Leicester yeah. who are terrible, and Villa who are terrible. Well, a terrible... Not as they are terrible but they're in bad place right now. You've got a real opportunity now. It's a crucial September and October. September
2: and October. And it starts, I mean, obviously Wednesday it's just going to be a great occasion, you know, see some of these incredible players you've got. Saturday against Bournemouth at home is just so, so big and I think everyone understands that as well. Everyone realises it. Last year I'd have been a lot more worried about Bournemouth at home. This year I feel like we've really strengthened whilst they're you know they might have a bit of a new manager bounce but I still think that that will set us up for the season that will show us where we are really mm.
0: well for the record I think you do have a goal on the own and City have a goal to concede in them so I'm going to go 3-1 to City as well so <laughs> that's fair yeah. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> uh, Greg thank you very much for coming on uh, really appreciate that speaking to no, us no worries and as I say to it. every opposition fan after the next match uh, great look uh, all the best for the season hope it goes really well and yeah well, it's I, an uh, experience for me I'll
2: return that as well because I think uh, you're the only ones who stop Liverpool winning the league and nobody <laughs> wants that
0: so yeah, thank good you <laughs> They seem to think the whole country's behind them. But, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> when, when city are the good guys, and there's something very wrong going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, as yeah. Again, thanks very much, Greg. Yeah, good luck for the season, and thanks for chatting Brilliant. to us. And no no now, yeah, we'll get back to the panel and preview Wednesday night's match. Uh, that was Greg. Thanks very much for taking your time out to speak to us. Uh, right, let's look at the. F- Nottingham Forest match on Wednesday night. How are you feeling going into this, Chris? Do you think Forest will be awkward opponents or are you quite confident that at home to promoted side this city side will get the job done without too much fuss?
1: I'm feeling confident that we can we can beat them. Um The their their newly promoted status I think is pretty fairly reflected if you look at their results. So far, you know, they, they, it's, it's, you know, they lost opening day of the season and then they, 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 they won against Forest, So won against West Ham and then draw against Everton and then lost again against Tottenham. So it, it feels like, it feels like they're sort of taking their chances where they can, but when they're up against better sides like Newcastle and Tottenham, that they're always going to concede. It, it, it feels like there's quite a feel good attitude towards Forest coming mm-hmm. back because, because they were such, you know, top, League Star Wars for decades. Um, I, I think it's really amusing that they haven't got a shirt sponsor at the minute. So, so that when they appear on television, there's, there's this like seven. There's like kind of nineteen eighties throwback quality uh, <laughs> to them. Um, I the, their awkwardness will I think will will completely depend upon the approach that Steve Cooper takes. And whether he just thinks he's, he's going to play it safe and try and leave with one point, if possible, that would tend. To, I think that's more likely to be um, what the outcome will be. But no, yeah. I feel I feel I feel confident playing anyone at the minute. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and 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 playing at home, and and uh, I feel I feel like the 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 challenge is definitely for Forrest
0: Well, Forest twenty-five to one to win, so guarantee Stefan's put a pound on that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or will be doing at some point. Yeah, Steve Cooper really rated, but I don't. I'm not an expert on his uh, playing style. So to speak, there uh, don't have to be three at the back. Could be awkward for City again. But do you expect them to sit really deep? And but do you have more confidence now that there isn't a setup that a team like Forest or Bournemouth or whoever can employ against us that will completely frustrate us? Having said that, yeah. I'm thinking back to the first half of Palace, but of course, but across the game as a whole, perhaps.
1: I, th- I mean the th- the, th- the first half of Palace is a- was an anomaly because collectively the whole team were poor, hmm. and the whole play was rushed. It wasn't composed. It was trying to find. It was trying to find ways of getting the ball to Holland as quickly as possible, which in the end was li- was literally lumping up to the big man up front. So it was so counterintuitive to, 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 to the way we play. I think where I think City are where they're massively underappreciated um, is how incrementally Guardiola has progressed this team. So the team, if you look at the way we play now, while it's still possessions based, suffocate the opponent in midfield. Uh, re- retrieve the ball Very quickly Look at the way We played in 17-18 To the way we play now We are no longer That swashbuckling side um, the, and, u- and using Pates on the width All the time Because Sane And Sterling And Aguero are, are no longer there But it's also Reflective of the fact That opponents Now know how to play As better So, that, so they're, they're Much less open you know, Bournemouth tried To be reasonably Progressive In that first half and look what happened to them. So I feel that, that City have got used to playing against a low block and now we can unpick it a lot easier. Um, and, and I think we're going to see fewer and fewer times this season where we're frustrated and we can't break a team down. If Steve Cooper is is a smart manager, which I believe he is, that's why he's in the Premier League, he'll have looked at City's first four games of the season and examined what offers him the best opportunity to try and get at least a point or not come away with an absolute hiding and if he plays open progressive football he will be severely punished even if they score one or two goals he'll still be severely pu- punished um, after the 19 minutes so no I, I now I, I don't. it doesn't worry me what any team present in terms of their style. I mean, look at Atletico Madrid. No one in Europe is greater than that. The way they try to play that low block in that first leg against Madrid. So, and we and we were able to navigate that process. So it doesn't trouble me how Forrest will approach this game. I anticipate a low block.
0: Does it worry you, so City's ability to go two down? Now is obviously a thing, following six games yeah. and to concede. Uh, Greg did mention when I spoke to him, you know, they do have pace on the counter and that's what they'll be looking for, won't they? Be organised, mm-hmm. stop us scoring, try and get the odd chance and take it, be deadly. Uh, are you at the stage yet? Are you worried about City regularly having to come from behind or is this just a snapshot in time or a team that's evolving with different personnel?
1: If I knew the answer to that, I'd be, I'd have Pep's A rich job. Man. But, yeah, but I, I, if you look, if you look at the evidence, so if you look at the, the 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 two games this season that we've conceded, three against Newcastle, two against Palace, I'd say four of those five goals were avoidable. Tri, um, is free kick, conceding the free kick was avoidable but you can't stop that free kick but the other goals particularly the, the particularly the two against palace they they're just clumsy goals they're just the, the first one the own goal was just clumsy and the second goal was just yeah. poor marking and then and then if you look at if you look at the um um uh, the two goals or the two of the three um Armouron and uh, Callum Wilson against Newcastle you know Wilson's was was a a moment of individual brilliance, but it should have been dealt with much earlier up the field, uh, and and, and Almiron's goal was more to do with Satsang maximum really. But I don't want to get into a situation where every time we concede, we go, "Don't worry, lads, it's fine. We know how to come back from this." Because eventually, that currency will run out. What I want to, to concentrate on is is why are we why are we conceding cheap goals. How are we being caught out like this? That's the thing to address uh, immediately, really. Um, if we went two 0 n- down to Forest tonight, I I I might think. Don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll get goals back. But it's more because I'm saying, longer term, that this is not sustainable. We need to address why this is happening, and maybe it is about rotation. Maybe it is about you know players getting used to each other again. But I do think it is a concern which doesn't seem as. Um, it's not ringing alarm bells at the minute because we've not, obviously we dropped two points against Newcastle but we could have won that game. But the minute it's not, it's not creating a crisis where we're conceding too many even though we are conceding too many goals. Um, and I expect to see a reaction in the Forest game that defensively we are much more stable because um, as I say with Palace, Palace counter excellent on the break. They counter really well, and we conceded two goals because of it. So right now, I think it's a problem that can be solved, but it needs to be solved sooner rather than later. Otherwise, it starts to become a malaise where players lose confidence.
0: Right, just before we look at the team, a potential team, just uh, Nottingham Forest themselves, 18 players in. Could could be more by the time the transfer window slams shut tomorrow night. Is this a risky policy for Forest. I've not watched all their games so far but they're looking competitive Greg mentioned that they've kind of kept the back three together so you know which is an important little part of the structure of the team obviously uh, so it's around there that they've made all these signings do you think it's a very risky policy
1: for Forest to be doing this it feels unprecedented I, I can't recall um Another team, even established in the Premier League, but particularly one coming up, that has recruited so many new players. I mean, but that's basically three quarters of a squad, isn't it, mm. effectively? It's and, an old squad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so, so obviously there was a need for them to do it. I think there are a lot of players on loan when they got promotion. Yeah, Greg Scott. So, yeah,
0: there was there was yeah. loan players and there's players out of contract, so they had to do yeah. a lot of business. They had
1: to do it, and so so you can see practically why they had to do it. But it 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 must just intensify Steve Cooper's challenge of not only getting the team and the club as a whole to adapt to playing in the Premier League, but how you embed 18 new players how you create that new dynamic not just on the field but in the dressing room as well how you develop that communication with players who don't really know each other and how you do it where you have to hit the ground running <clears throat> and you, you know and time waits for nobody in the premier league so with that in mind i'm quite impressed with the way they they they, they are quite they, they look quite cohesive on the field, even when they've lost games, they look cohesive. They look like that they have a, a, a particular approach to to the game which they are sticking to, and there is a vibrancy uh, and an energy about them which I'm finding quite impressive. Um, so he seems to have been able to have done it reasonably effectively, uh, but I'm sure it must be a huge. Challenge for him to, to be able to integrate that many players whilst you go up to the top league in, in, in the country is a super, super challenge. And I suppose credit to Cooper for that, that he's been able to manage that. Uh, that's probably why they haven't got a, spur sh- a shirt sponsor. They're spending so much time getting new players and they haven't had time to focus on harder, yeah. getting it's on, sponsorship.
0: It's on the to do list, basically. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's a bit lower down because we need another centre back. So. September the second, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the
0: diary. Uh, city side then. Right, so it's Nottingham Forest Wednesday, Aston Villa Saturday, Severe Tuesday. Obviously, Spurs the following Saturday not many options yeah. in defence have we said does Erling Haaland need to be rested for one of those games and if so is this the game are you going to be gutted if he's not starting tonight or are you going
1: to be yeah, problematic I, uh, at the minute I, 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 at the minute I don't I don't see Alvarez being frustrated at the minute I see Haaland is a leading scorer in the league and and he wants consistently he wants to keep playing of the two fixtures coming up, you could suggest that Villa will be an easier fixture because they are in such a shit show at the minute. Um, but but it is a way. Um, and, and Gerard will be looking for a response from them. But Alvarez, like I said earlier, Alvarez, like Gomez, uh, like Phillips, they're, they're of an understanding that be, there will be rotation. But I would rather get to 10 games in the league and then start to think about rotation at particular strategic points according to who the opponent is. I want, I want to, I want us to get points on the board first of all. So I wouldn't rest Harland. I would be disappointed if Haaland is rested as well because I want him to build like up going, a momentum yeah. going into the Champions League in particular. I don't want him to be rested tonight, have a difficult game against Villa perhaps, and then go into plays go, to go to Seville and what could be a potentially difficult game. Keep his momentum going. Rotate around him, but keep him there and he only touches the ball five times a match anyway Yeah, so it's got to be pretty <laughs> fresh is not
0: it turns out Ilkay Gundogan had tiny niggles before the, before right. the time of the Crystal Palace match uh, so he wasn't just rotated out the side, he wasn't risked came on a course and did his thing, you're expecting him to come assuming the niggles are now gone uh, are you expecting him to come back into the side or do you think he should
1: I mean, he played such an important role when he came on. I mean, I know he came on after we got the first goal back and Bernardo had really moved up a gear in that second half. So to have him on the pitch at the same time was was really impactful. Um, But I just, I do wonder if he doesn't get selected tonight, obviously it would be a tactical decision from Guardiola, but I then do wonder what he needs to get selected um because he is so important he's so impactful um uh, i'd like to see, i would like to see him start but then it's like i, I don't want to see bernardo get dropped to the bench um would you put him and on the line, again line, bernardo yeah I, I just i just think he's much better <laughs> in the middle yeah um w- which was why i i i i like going to a back three because because we could, we could accommodate Gundwan and um, and Silva uh, at the same time in that second half against Palace, but yeah, I mean it's that that's that selection dilemma because I, I I don't know is Grealish back is he fit or is he still is he still injured? Don't know. I didn't see yeah the press conference. I didn't see it come up on the aggregators, but
0: uh, so I'm not sure to be honest. Saving I him think,
1: I think, away, eh? <laughs> well, I think I think the thing is is that if you went on form. You wouldn't start Mares and yeah. you'd start and you start Bernardo upright and you start Haaland and you start Phil and and you start Gundo and, and Kev the side of Rodri. So if he if it goes on form, but I know that players still need time because also I mean it's more likely mares will start Villa because Mahrez is is a Champions League darling in Guardiola's eyes and so he'll want him to be more focused for that. But yeah, I'd be quite happy if he started Gundo and Bernardo. Um, Tonight, because I feel like they 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 merit that start. There's not enough
0: space to put (laughs) play all these players, but are we getting close to the time when Alvarez can start a match? Yeah. So let's say only one of Gundogan or Bernardo Silva plays. (sighs) Foden on the right, Alvarez on the left, Harland in the middle. Discuss. The
1: thing is, though, my selection criteria is based purely on. It, there's no, there's no tactical analysis connected <laughs> yeah. to it, really. You know, it, 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 it it's, it's, it's. You know, it, it, if we're wanting a pressing game, Alvarez is a much better choice than um, Mares. Um, is is Phil better on the right than on the left? Uh, you, you know, and are we getting the best out of Alvarez if we play him on the right rather than a central striker? Um, it's really hard to say, but I think I, I. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? How Foden is suddenly getting a lot of flack from from portions of the fan base who mm. previously were worshiping the ground that, that he walked on. I find that, I find that really contrary and fickle, really. Just because he didn't give two passes to Haaland. Um, you <laughs> know, but but I but I still think, you know, you take you take the dynamism which Phil offers, if you take that away from the pitch, you see it immediately. So I often think it's about play when players aren't on the pitch. How how much do you feel their absence? Um, and think you feel, you definitely feel Phil's absence, and you feel Bernardo's absence as well. Gundo Gundo is much more subtle, and then suddenly explodes with, with his presence on the pitch. So I'm going to say I would I would like to see Bernardo and Phil start at the side of Haaland with Gundo in there with Kev and Rodri tonight. Yeah, yeah
0: looks like uh, Pep said Phillips as well, of course. Okay, Grealish are training, I think. Mm. But we will see for Aston Villa on Saturday. I don't know if that or the Champions League or the next one Spurs. Sounds like they're not really
1: options for uh, the Forest game, to be honest. So
0: I think we can forget those three playing. But.
1: I mean, I wonder if... I, I wonder if Phillips gets his first start alongside Rodri, mm. uh, whether, they, whether they play a double pivot, but I don't know. They're both much more in that traditional mould of a defensive central midfielder. we've played double pivot before, it's either been Rodri and Bernardo or Rodri and Gundo. So, yeah, I mean, it would be good for Phillips to get some game time. Um, And maybe Villa is that time that he does it, if he's fully fit.
0: As for the game for South, how do you see it panning out? Do do you think it's just going to be one of those games of 70% possession, chipping away, chipping away, chipping
1: away? Uh yeah very likely um, so I just hope we... again
0: do you think it could be one of those City have a tendency sometimes to you do wonder they're not a team are they just want to come out and blast the team away uh, Alabama, no, Liverpool no. style so often you can be utterly frustrated at half time really happy at full time and you have to look at the wider picture but it would be nice if they came out tonight and went for it from the start
1: Guardiola's football is all about sustainability, being able to maintain the approach for 90 minutes and being patient with it, and then knowing when to turn up the dial on the intensity. Um, And that's why we very rarely see those hugely intensive stats. Even when we went 2-0 up against um, Real Madrid in that first leg, um, it was still... It, it 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 was it, it didn't feel massively intensive. It just felt like it, we were clinical and took our chances as soon as, soon as we created them. So yeah, I, I I imagine the City will start at that usual pace and Forest will immediately drop back and mm. wait for that counter. Um, an early goal is always good because an early goal then then dictates that the opposition has to be more forthright. Um, I always like that when a team when the opposition play a low block, if we can get a goal in the first fifteen minutes, it means we we end up having potentially a more exciting game um, because the, the other team have to come out now. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it. I don't know. I, I've not seen enough of Forest this season to be able to say categorically how I think they will approach it. But but I do I, I, I do think they'll probably be pragmatic and look to try and frustrate us, um, and it'll, and it will be up to us if we if we can just. Just be patient and don't keep and don't keep trying to find Haaland all the time. As Guardiola has said, Haaland will be there if, you, if we yeah. get it in. Don't if we get it behind the fullback, no, you don't we have to. Have find to him. He with will, him. Does yeah, it. yeah. He 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 will be he will be there. We don't have to lob the ball over for him to battle against the centre half. If we can find better opportunities for him. Um, and that because that's what's happening in the Palace game in the first half in the second half we started to utilise him much more effectively and then we saw the best of him so I just all what I want is patience and to be able to navigate the fixture which we should be able to navigate reasonably comfortably um, and just to stick to what our footballing principles are because that's that's when we pay dividends the most okay Uh, I'll end score prediction please right well I'm going to be optimistic I I I'm going to text Pep later and, and insist he doesn't concede any goals. So I, <laughs> I, think th- whether he'll whether listen to me or not, I don't know. But I will, I'm will. i going to predict a 3-0 scoreline. Okay.
0: Well, as I said to Greg, I think we may still have a goal and we've gone 3-1. So we will 3-1,
1: see.
0: okay. Uh, right, that's the wrap. Chris, thanks very much for taking time out and coming on to the podcast. Absolute pleasure
1: as always, Howard. Let's
0: put the words to rights. so uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Take care, stay safe, enjoy the match, and as always, up the blues.